Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Bob, you and me went in to the weekend on Friday, very hopeful baseball fans, and what did we get for our troubles? Great disappointment, AJ. Great disappointment. It started well, but it didn't end well. At least not for my fightings, it didn't. Uh, Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Didn't go into the All-Star break feeling all that good. Um, and you can commiserate with that. I know that because both the Phillies and the – what did I say on Friday, AJ? We talked about the Padre-Mets series, that both of them were starting to take and make some strides in the right direction as the two most over underachieving teams in Major League Baseball, especially considering their payrolls, since the start of the season. And if one of them swept that series, you could consider them legitimately back – Uh, And the one that took two out of three, you'd feel pretty good about. And the one that lost two out of three probably is in for a long second half. So the Mets are in for a long second half. You called it, and (laughs) I agree with you. So they're all right. So there's six games under 500 at the break. All of this is statistical, too. The eye test tells more of the story here, for sure. And the Mets are spinning their wheels. There's six games under 500. Uh, nobody else is... This is almost inconsequential when I say the Mets aren't going to win the NL East. Because neither is Miami, neither is Philly, neither is Washington, obviously. That's inconsequential at this point. The Braves are just too good. Their run differential is 147. Their road record is 30-14. and 14. That's away from home. In fact, they have a slightly better away record than they do at home, and that is the mark of a championship-caliber team. They just consistently are winning like eight out of every ten games. Just about. Not quite. They're 60-29. and 29. So that's almost inconsequential. But the Mets are still seven games out of a wild-card spot. I haven't done the math, but they would have to play like Atlanta Braves baseball the second half of the season to get to the wild card. They'd have to play 675 to 700 baseball, and they certainly haven't proven they can do that. They can't even play 500 baseball, let alone 750 baseball. So I'm with you. The Mets lost two out of three to the Padres. If you're a San Diego Padre fan, maybe you're still a little bit hopeful. You're still six games out of a wild card spot, eight and a half behind the Dodgers and and Diamondbacks in the West. But it was a little bit better of a weekend for San Diego. And in the Phillies' case, they probably should have lost all three games at Miami. Now, look, they've been great on the road. I mean, they tied a franchise record when they won in Miami on Friday night in the most improbable way. They'd won 13 in a row on the road. So sooner or later, they were going to lose one. And they lost Saturday night. I'm like... Okay, don't like losing. They didn't look great doing it. Their starting pitcher, who's been so good, Ranger Suarez, didn't look very good at all Saturday night. But I'm like, look, you got Aaron Nola on the mound on Sunday. You win that game. You take two out of three. You go into the break. You're in the wild card game. Everything's good. And then Nola threw a dud. He was awful yesterday as well. He gives up so many darn home runs, and he gave up three in the first three innings yesterday. And the Phillies were never really in that game. And they lost again. But 
they're only a half game out of the wild card. So there's still plenty for them to play for. They're hoping to get Bryce Harper into the uh, onto the field as a first baseman in the second half. So they've got some intrigue there. I still feel pretty good about the Phils and their chances because, look, this is the route they took last year. They made it as a wild card team, and they went to the World Series. So I'm still feeling okay about that, whereas your Mets – I don't think you can be feeling too good, AJ. I, I don't. I don't. And and to double down, I actually think the Phillies are going to overtake the Marlins. I think it will happen. They got a shot at that. Now, they picked up uh, – well, they lost a game because they lost two out of three. So they're, what, three and a half back. So, so that's doable, right? They're three and a half behind Miami um, for second place in the National League East. Look, let me brag on baseball for just a moment here. Uh, welcome to the Sports Huddle, by the way, 5 o'clock hour. Bob Black with you here, hosting remotely. AJ's in our ESPN Richmond producer's booth. Uh, first voice you'll hear if you dial us up want to get on the air, 804-327-0888. That's also our text line, 327-0888. But if you just like kicking back and listening, I am totally fine with that. Normally, we have some great guests on this program. We have no guests today on a Monday. Um, so it's just you and me talking this afternoon. Uh, and away we go with, with more baseball. And I, I will brag on baseball to this point. In five of the six divisions, the top two teams are separated by two games or less. So we've got intrigue in Major League Baseball with a little bit less than half the season to go. Obviously, the NL East, that's the runaway with the Braves up eight and a half on Miami. But in the Central, I think that's great that Cincinnati is back. The Reds with a one-game lead on Milwaukee, although I called this on Friday also with them playing uh, leading up to the All-Star break. I thought it was time for Milwaukee to start to make a run, and they did take two out of three in that series. Now, interestingly enough, and I don't know why Major League Baseball does this, but after the All-Star break, they're coming right back and playing again, this time in Cincinnati. I have no earthly idea why they're doing that, but they did. They finished with a three-game series uh, in Milwaukee, and now they'll have a three-game series in Cincinnati. I don't get it, but that's what they're doing, and maybe they knew something because the first and second-place team in the NL Central, so good for them. But okay, so that division, top two teams separated by just a game. In the West, the top three teams are separated by just two and a half games. The Dodgers in Arizona basically in a flat-footed tie for first, and the Giants are two and a half back. So that's good for Major League Baseball. And then over in the American League, well, in the East, every team is well over 500. I mean, that's a tough division. Look, the Yankees have had their problems, and I'll get into more of the Yankee stuff here in a moment because it does hit home. You heard it on the Sports Center update, and there's a great local angle to it. But even Boston, which is in last in the AL East, is five games over 500. I mean, that's okay. That's not terrible. That should have you in a pretty good spot. And yet they're nine games back at Tampa Bay, which has really come back to the pack. Baltimore is only, don't look now, but Baltimore is only two games out of first place. They could they could win that division. Even after Tampa Bay's great start, the Orioles could win that division. I've said this before. Baseball is better when Baltimore and Cincinnati are good. They are not two of the major markets. They are not two of the major media markets in the country, but both are about as good a baseball town as you'll find. They have history between each other. They have history independent of each other. Baseball is better when Baltimore and Cincinnati 
are relevant. And not only are they relevant this year, but they are really good stories. I mean, what the Orioles have accomplished in the last couple of years after being the laughing stock of baseball is nothing short of remarkable. And Cincinnati, which was not going anywhere until they called up the wonder kid, uh, Ella Dela Cruz, uh, there were some people who thought he should be on the All-Star team. He's only been playing in the Major Leagues for a month. And there were people that thought he should have been picked to the All-Star team. That's how impactful he's been in the 30 days that he's been in the Major League. So I think both Cincinnati and Baltimore are great stories. Anyway, American League East, all five teams are at least five games over 500. And while Boston's still a long way from first place, the Red Sox, who have won five in a row and eight out of ten, are only two games out of the wild card. So everybody's in it in the American League East. So there's plenty of intrigue and interest for the fans of Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Toronto, the Yankees, and Boston. And I know the Yankee fans are mumbling and grumbling and things aren't going well and they can't hit their way out of a paper bag, although maybe they will now. Uh, They're still in it. They're only a game out of the wild card, uh, for crying out loud. So, And don't don't diss on the wild card. Uh, Like I said, my team used the wild card, the extra wild card, last year to get all the way to the World Series. All right, AL Central, half a game between Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh, That's the mediocre division. That's like the old NFC East when it was terrible a couple of years ago. By the rules, somebody has to win that division. Nobody's deserving of winning that division. Cleveland and Minnesota, half game separates the Guardians and the Twins. And then in the West, Texas has been pretty good all year long. They kind of faded into the All-Star break, but they still have a two-game lead on Houston. I wouldn't bet against the Astros. Um, as defending World Series champs, they're only two games back, and they're in the wild card. So there you go. Five of the uh, six divisions, top two teams separated by two games or less. So I think we're going to have plenty to root for, plenty to be interested in, uh, plenty to embrace in Major League Baseball, which is one of the reasons I said with Matt in the last hour, you know, the All-Star break's fine for a few days, but I'll be, I'll be ready. I'll be chomping to the bit to get regular season games going again when they start up on, on Friday. Enjoy tonight with the Home Run Derby and the All-Star game tomorrow. And let, let's get back at it. Let's see who's going to win these divisions and be wild card teams. I, I'm I'm certainly excited for that. All right, there was other news in Major League Baseball. Why don't I put that as part of our drive home headlines for a Monday afternoon on the Sports Huddle? These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's drive home headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. Well, if it was on the ESPN Sports Center update, then it must be a big story, and it does have local interest to us. Former Richmond Spider baseball great, Spider Hall of Famer Sean Casey today was named the new hitting coach of the New York Yankees. Uh, a stunner of a story and i'll explain after the break why i was particularly stunned by this story of course casey is hugely popular through major league baseball goes by the nickname the mayor has the mayor's office podcast i wonder if that will continue for him while he's their hitting coach uh players coaches managers he talked to everybody during a 12-year playing career in which he hit over 300 so the yankees really need a guy who knows hitting to try and turn them around they're like third to last 28th out of 30 teams in the major leagues 231 team batting average good luck case only detroit and oakland are behind them um so sean casey will take that job for the rest of the season and that's a um 
a, a double-edged sword there. Uh, he wants to see if it's something he wants to do. He's got a lot of interest going. I'll talk about that when we come back after the break. And the Yankees will also determine if they want him to be their hitting coach, depending the way the second half of the season goes. Who knows? Aaron Boone and the whole staff might be gone. If they don't make the postseason, everybody could be out in New York, and they'd be starting all over again. So more on the Sean Casey news today uh, on a more of a local and personal angle when we come back here in uh, just a couple of moments. And today is the uh, Home Run Derby for Major League Baseball. Starts at 8 o'clock. We've got it here on the radio on 106.1 ESPN as well as the All-Star Game tomorrow night. And then the other news out of the NBA and the Summer League, uh, Victor Wembayama will not play any further in summer league games for the Spurs. As I said in the first hour, I thought that was already a foregone conclusion. I didn't think he was going to play but a couple of games anyway. Put him out there in front of the fans, get him going, and then take him back to San Antonio or wherever you want to work with him and get some real work done with him. After all the TV cameras were on him for two games, got to let the kid breathe, and you got to work with him and get him ready for the season. So to me, not a shocker that he won't play anymore in the summer league, and I think that's just fine. All right, break come, coming here at 515. Come back on the other side. A little bit more baseball, or if you want to steer us in a different direction, please do, 804-327-0888. AJ's pushing the buttons. He's about to push the one to the commercials, and we're back on the other side. 1061 ESPN. His words can move you. Seriously, they can pick you up and carry you across the room. Or maybe that was the portergeist again. Hmm. Big Al is live weekday mornings 8 to 10 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Coming up on 20 after 5 on a Monday afternoon. Hey, believe it or not, we're with you all week this week. We got five shows, all five shows scheduled this week, and we are out and about on three of them, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'll get into that a little bit more in the last half hour, tell you where we're going to be and when and all that kind of good stuff. So excited about that. You know I love the remotes when we're able to get out in the afternoon. But all five shows this week, there's no Braves baseball. Obviously, they don't play again until Friday anyhow, and there's no vacation days, none of that. So we are scheduled for all five days of the sports huddle this week. I'll have to go back through the archives and find the last time that I did all five shows in a week. I better pace myself this week, that's for sure. All right, 804-327-0888. Reggie, good afternoon. Hope you had a good weekend, my friend. No, it was hot, man. We're passing out. It was humid. Couldn't like have it. the heat, man. I'm a heat guy. I couldn't I have like it. it. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good with it. What's up? Well, Bob, I need your, need your help with something. Okay, I remember when, before I get to Bob Huggins' wife telling him how to do his job, but I digress. <laughs> As all married men say, yes, that's a fair statement. Um, when it came to the Northwestern football coach, Academy, he knew nothing about the uh, hazing going on. I remember when the first year Lee Davis, um, A.K. McKenzie, high school football coach, took over, and he made sure he shut the program down for two or three days to get to the bottom of things. Now, if a high school coach can sit up here and get his program straight, how in the ham sandwich can a pro slash college coach not know what's going on? Yeah, Something's not a, right with that picture. No, and, and therein lies the, the fact of the matter, Reggie, that one way or the other, he was responsible here. 
Like either he did know mm-hmm. about it and he and he turned the other way on it. That would be probably worse. Or he didn't know about it and he should. I, he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. You cannot hide your head coach from everything, or anything for that matter. He should know. And I say this all the time about head coaches. Uh, This is why they they don't sleep at night is because they can't be responsible for the actions of their players 24-7, but they are accountable for those actions. They get paid an awful lot of money. That doesn't sound fair, does it, right? I mean, you can't be responsible for what a kid's doing at 3 o'clock in the morning every day of the week, but you're accountable Mm -hmm. for it at the end of the day and he needs to be accountable one way or the other for this i, I think the the penalty is going to get worse for him uh it's a he said she said there's one guy out there one former player out there who has it in for pat fitzgerald i don't think there's any doubt about that now whether how, all of it is true and he has it in for him or it's not true and he has it in for him that remains to be seen but i i just i'm with you reggie i don't I don't understand how these head coaches, something of that magnitude, don't know yeah. what's going. They've got so many eyeballs and people in place. they got to trust them. Reggie? Yeah, well, he, he, he can do possible deniability, which I'm sure his lawyer told him to do, which try to be like Schultz. I know nothing. I know nothing. He can play Schultz all he wants, but that's not going to fly. But getting to your man, Bob Hudgens, ESPN now reporting to say he's in a rehab facility, and his wife wrote the letter of resignation. He never did it. So on a technicality, he's still the head coach. Well, that that would be interesting because apparently it came (laughs) from his wife's uh, phone or email or whatever, but that still doesn't mean that he didn't write the darn thing. Right? I'm reading it right now. Resignation correspondence with school did not come from him, but from his wife is what they are claiming. And that he never gave them a formal resignation. I don't think that flies in, in court, number one. And number two. But it's a technicology. It's it a technicology. is. But so what? Then just fire him. What the heck? I mean, I guess they're saving money by the fact that he resigned or retired. Uh, if I'm West Virginia, I'm doing whatever I can. To, and Bob Huggins, lots of people love him to death, Reggie. They do. You talk to coaches and former players, and they'll stand by him forever. And I I get that. But to me, and he's a West Virginia Mountaineer for life, no doubt about it. But it's time for them to move on uh, from him at this point. Uh, get him the help he needs. Like you said, he's in a rehab center. Let him keep going with that. He needs to prove to himself, his wife, his family, West Virginia, that he's clean for a, a lengthy period of time. And coaching college mm-hmm. basketball is not going to help him at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm in the corner of West Virginia on this one. One way or another, I think they need to move on here. All right. I hear you there, Big B. Whatever you say, all well, the same about Whatever I say. <laughs> what, what do you say, Reggie? What do you think? Should he still be their well, coach? Well, for- well, first of all, if it's a technicality, I'm sure lawyers out there have got many people off of technicality. And they are the ones that need to get their lawyers on board and make sure they dot the I's and cross the T's and make sure everything is above board. But this can't come back and bite them in the butt. So somewhere down the line, somebody dropped the ball. It ain't about what I think or you think. It's about what the legal people think. Yep. And right now, the legal leads are saying, hey, there's a lot of money on the table. And who knows, that buyout might got a little bit bigger just to make him go away. You never know.
Right. Well, that's what it's all about. It's him him getting more money. That He's not going to coach West Virginia again, especially now. He's coming at him now like that. He's not coaching West Virginia again. That's <laughs> that that's not happening. So keep an eye we'll, on it. We'll see when the season starts. <laughs> yeah, he, he will not. He won't be coaching West Virginia. And, I mean, the damage has already been done because all those those three or four guys that left because he he resigned, you know. So that's, that's already done. Yeah. At this point, they yeah. they need they need to figure out a way to move on. Whoever wrote that letter, it was accepted. It, it was there it, with the intent that it was from Bob Huggins. I, I would be arguing on the side of the defense, I guess, in this case, which is West Virginia University. Yes, sir. Hard to believe, Harry. Appreciate it, Bob. <laughs> Thank you, Reggie. <laughs> wow, he pulled that one out there. How many of you really know? Hard to believe, Harry. You got to be a Phillies guy to know that one. That was the late great Richie Ashburn. That was his favorite line with Harry Callis, the longtime voice of the Phillies, who you would recognize as the voice of NFL films uh, for years and years and years. Was the the voice of NFL films and did NFL games on the radio, as a matter of fact. So way to, way to pull that one out of there, Reggie. Um, all right, look, I wanted to get um, to to the personal local side of the Sean Casey hiring. By the um, by, the Yankees. So look, um, Casey played at Richmond. I broadcast his games at Richmond. He knows everybody. He talks to everybody. So he stayed in touch with little old Bob Black, the voice of the Richmond Spiders, over the years, and it's been a wonderful thing. And we've had the opportunity to stay in touch even more uh, this summer than we have in in quite a while. First of all, he was back in town for an alumni weekend late in the Spiders baseball season so we got to hang out and catch up there and then we'd gone back and forth with some conversations and texts on a couple of things during the course of the summertime so we were staying in touch and just and and most of the time when i reached out to sean once we got to the summer he was like hey i'll get back with you or can i call you in a little bit i'm in the cape with my son cape cod his son plays at kent state and is in the Cape Cod League, which is one of the best, if not the best, uh, summer college baseball league, wood bat baseball league out there. So he's been spending time up in Cape Cod with his son. So we keep getting back and forth with each other. And it, it's been great to stay in touch with him. But last week, I texted him and I said, hey, Sean, can I get you on as a guest on my afternoon radio show next week, all-star break, got several days with no baseball. Would love to have you on, kind of give a recap of the first half. He's working for MLB Network. Um, you know, he's a Cincinnati Reds great. They're having a great year. We can talk about them. New baseball coach at Richmond. We can talk about that, all of that. So I texted him with that last week. This was late last week, as a matter of fact. And he texted me pretty much right back and said, hey, I'm in the Cape with my son. Text me Monday. And we'll figure out which day is best. So sure enough, this morning, unbeknownst to me, the news that was breaking, like an idiot, I, I just uh, oblivious and ignorant, texted him and said, hey, would Thursday be good to come on the sports huddle this week? And within 20 minutes, I'm sitting in my office in the Robin Center, and across the hall, our uh, PR director, Jason Vita, yells across the hall and goes, wow, Sean Casey's the new hitting coach of the New York Yankees. And I was like, what? you got to be kidding me. I didn't know anything about that. And I texted him right back again, of course, not thinking I'd ever get a response, which I haven't, which is fine to this point. But I said, holy bleep to Sean Casey. Just heard your news. Congrats. 
Uh, you get back to me when you get a free minute, and we'll go from there. So I'm not anticipating Sean Casey on the sports huddle now this week. Otherwise, we would have been, and he would have done it, and I would have been telling you about Sean Casey as a guest on the show this week. But I, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I think he's got a lot more on his plate right now than doing an interview here in Richmond, Virginia, as the new hitting coach of the Yankees. It's intriguing on a couple of fronts. He's never been a major league coach before. In fact, I'm not sure he's really done any serious, legit coaching other than maybe with his sons who have played. I know he is extremely involved in his home area in the Miracle League um, and, and does a lot of charity work with that. But I don't think he's done any real professional coaching. So we'll see how his ability as a hitter translates as a coach for the second half of the season. Um, you would think it would. He's so outgoing, uh, has a way with words, knows the game so well, played it so well at a high level. 12 years in the major leagues, hit over 300. 302 was his lifetime average. Three-time All-Star, played in the postseason. Um, and he'll try and rejuvenate a Yankee team that's been horrible. Uh, he can't go anywhere but up. It, literally, he can almost not go down. Only Detroit and Oakland are behind the Yankees when it comes to team batting average in the major leagues. Now, look, they've they've had issues, right? Aaron Judge has been out um, for 30 games or so with that, that toe injury. And then um, Giancarlo Stanton has been out for a bit, and he's hitting like 200. Anthony Rizzo has been horrible. Josh Donaldson hasn't hit. So he's got some work to do, but he's got really nowhere to go but up. And I think it's a pretty decent arrangement because I'm not totally sure Sean really wants to do this. Aaron Boone is a former teammate of his. They played together with the Reds. And I think I don't think this was anywhere on Sean Casey's radar even a week ago. Uh, I, I really don't. Just by the way, he was communicating with me about the things he had going on and when he'd be all. I just don't think it was out there. The Yankees fired their hitting coach uh, yesterday over the weekend. But, you know, obviously this was percolating. Aaron Boone and um, and, and Cashman were, were, you know, obviously in conversation about doing this, and they did. And I just don't think Casey would say no to a buddy of his who was in need of a hitting coach. And he figured, why not give it a try? So he's going to do it for the second half of the season. If he likes it, maybe he continues. And he's successful at it. And same with the Yankees. If they like what he does, his approach, the way he works with the hitters, and if he's successful, maybe they hire him on beyond that. So uh, we'll see. And, I mean, like I said, they're, I know we get the break in here. They're, they're, in the, they're in the race. I know Yankee fans are miserable. They think it's been an absolutely horrible um, first half of the season. But, you know, they're in the postseason race right now and don't don't ever scoff at the wild card positions i will forever believe that and the yankees are only a game out right now and they're seven over 500 they gotta get their offense going maybe sean casey will provide some of that mayor's magic in new york i'm, I'm betwixt and between on this one because i'm not a yankee fan by any stretch of the imagination so i kind of hope they lose all their games like 11 to 10 so he's doing his job well. Hitters are coming around. They're hitting balls out of the park. They're scoring runs, but they're still losing games. So maybe we'll get Sean on the air at some point in the next few months. But he's certainly got more on his plate to handle right now, unbeknownst to me, literally, as of 11 o'clock this morning. All right, it's 532. Just flipped over to 533 on a Monday afternoon. We'll come back a half hour to go on the Sports Huddle, and we will do it with you next on 1061 ESPN.
Eight of baseball's biggest bats battle for the long ball crown. It's the 2023 Home Run Derby from T-Mobile Stadium in Seattle. Get the action live beginning tonight at 8 on 106.1 ESPN. I wish they were battling for a sixth straight division crown. There's no battle going on right now. It's all Braves in a runaway in a landslide. Uh, Miami and Philly are not going to catch them, but uh, they could be wild card teams in Major League Baseball. Uh, all right, 537. Hey, I mentioned this earlier. I'm really excited about this week. Uh, this is one of the reasons I love doing the afternoon show is that we do get to get out and about. Friday was a lot of fun over at Elsie Bird High School with Anthony Harris and uh, the football camps over there. Met some great youngsters. Um, AJ, I did something after the show Friday afternoon with one of the youngsters that I haven't done in years. I showed off my athleticism, AJ. Can you believe that? I was Me? listening to it and wishing we had it on air. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we still were, were connected at that point. We had just finished up, and we had a couple of really nice kids who came by with their folks. They had just finished the camp, um, and they thought radio was cool. Um, they did. I was like, wow, you do? Put a headset on. Let's talk. We were already off the air, but it was still cool. The kid enjoyed it. Can hear himself in the headset. Could hear me. Mom and dad took some pictures. He looked like he was on the radio. He was having his time of life. And so we finished up. He thanked me. Very polite young man. I'm like, look, I did that for you. I want you to do something for me. I want to go out for a pass, and I want you to throw me a deep pass. Because he said he's a quarterback, I think, for his middle school team. And he did. And I got it, AJ. I went down and out, and I caught it, and I was very happy about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing it wasn't a 15-yard slot. <laughs> uh, 15 yard, man, maybe it was close to that. Actually, why? You didn't think I could run 15 yards? I definitely trusted the kid's arm over your your running ability. <laughs> and 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 I threw it back to him, and I hit him right in the hands. I was really excited. We went back and forth about five or six times. I was like, this is awesome. I had a great time. Now, his spiral was a lot tighter than mine, I can tell you that. He had a nice-looking nice, nice looking toss, and mine kind of wobbled. But it went back to him, and I, it was great. I ran around a little bit, and I caught all the passes. It was, it was really fun. So, hey, that's what I mean. We love to get out, and we love to get out and about. And we're going to keep doing that this week. We are actually out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and a couple of those are Richmond Region Tourism events, and we we know how much we love to partner with them as they keep bringing um, all these great sporting events to the RVA. So coming up this week, um, tomorrow, even though I'll be you know hosting probably in the home studio tomorrow, um, Ralph Richards is going to join us. He's the ECNL Girls Commissioner. He's going to be talking about the ECNL National League Finals. That's uh, the girls' soccer tournament that's coming to uh, Stryker Park and West Creek Complex. This this coming weekend for the uh, U13 to 17-year-olds. Uh, they go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday with the championships out there at West Creek on Monday and Monday afternoon. Uh, so he'll give us a preview of that um, tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we're going to the Greater Richmond Convention Center. You know what? Believe it or not, all the years I've lived in Richmond, I'm not sure I've been in the Greater Richmond Convention Center. Maybe what? once. Maybe once or twice. I'm trying to think why I would have even been in there. Unless we'd done a remote, I haven't. What have you been in there for? I, I don't think I've ever been in there. A lot of different things. My security company actually did the security for the build. Wait a minute. You have a security company? I didn't know this about you. Had COVID. Had. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry about that. It's all but right. It, it let it me got, here. I was going to say, it got you to us, so that's okay. So anyway, we'll be at the Greater Richmond Convention Center Wednesday for the USA Karate National Championship and Team Trials. I'm not going to try that one, AJ. I'm, I'm not trying the karate thing. Uh, that's past my prime. But we'll find out much more about it. So I'm looking forward to that. Greater Richmond Convention Center, USA Karate National Championship and Team Trials from Richmond Region Tourism on Wednesday. And then Friday, while I'm on the Richmond Region Tourism theme, we're going to be at Glover Park in Glen Allen for another unusual event. And I mean that in a positive way. The International Quad Ball World Cup from Glover Park in Glen Allen. I think that's really cool. I don't know much about quad ball. I've heard about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing it and talking to folks about that. So that's Friday afternoon's Sports Huddle. And then squeezed in between on Thursday, we are back at Colonial Downs for another season. We'll be there every Thursday during the race season, which goes through the first week in September. Derby Bill is already fired up about it. He's already got his early lines out for Colonial Downs. He DM'd them to us today, so he's fired up for us to be there. Sean Robertson will join me on as many Thursdays as his CBS 6 schedule permits, and we'll co-host from Colonial Downs each and every Thursday. Uh, Matt will be out there for that one as well from three to four and then we'll have the sports huddle from four to six so this week again wednesday greater richmond convention center usa karate national championship thursday colonial downs and friday glover park for the international quad ball world cup and tomorrow we have a conversation with ralph richards uh, from the ecnl uh, girls national league finals soccer uh, coming to our fair city this weekend all right 542 on the sports huddle thank you for waiting through all that bruce and thank you for dialing us up hope you had a good weekend and good evening bruce Hey, good evening, Bob. Hey, Bob. Uh, glad to hear, man. You still got some legs up under you, man, to get out there and run a quick. And the hands, Bruce. You know, the hands ten. The hands were like glue. I didn't have gloves on. I didn't use any stick'em. And that ball stuck to my fingertips. It was awesome. Fred Belitnikoff at the best. <laughs> Fred Belitnikoff at his best. Our era, Bruce. Our before, era. Hey, so, yeah. You're a little bit before AJ's time, my bad. Yeah. Uh, so, Bob, can you give me your analysis of the two games uh, that you may have watched with the Spurs uh, over this past weekend? Yes, I said this earlier. I'm sure you weren't tuned in. You got a real job. I get that. Um, first of all, I didn't think it was very good basketball, but that's the summer league, right? There's a lot of like college guys trying to trying to make teams and impress people, and I didn't think it was very good basketball. And I thought Wembayama was fairly predictable that he was going to struggle in that first game and he was going to be better in the second game. I was impressed by how much better he was in the second game to have that kind of a double-double, 27 and 12. But I do think you're going to see nights like the first game where he struggled. Interesting. Okay, and I'm willing willing to accept that. And I had a little bit different uh, take on it, Bob, and my take is such. I saw what Jay Dillis and others saw in his game the second night. I saw the ability where he not only has a perimeter game that he's been raised to play, that finesse perimeter-style ball, but I saw where he's able to also create a mid-game, a mid-range game, where he can pop 
15, 18 feet. He, his length is so impressive that he can rise up over you 15, 18 feet. And then as he beats up under the direction of coaches, especially Brad Popovich and Timmy Duncan and Dave Robinson, as he beats up, he's going to develop a more interior presence. And in that take, at that take is why I yield the 30 points per game average. But what I also saw because of his length is the defensive side, where his length is so impressive that he's playing the two or the three. He brings something different to a six foot six, six foot seven shooter, where he can still, because of his length, he can still be a difficult to get that perimeter shot up. So that's yes. my take, and I even give him accolades for possibly first team defensive player, first team defensive player, but not only that, possibly as a rookie. Defensive player of the year this year in the association. So that's a reach, but that's my thing. And what did you say about the 30-point prediction? Are you going back on that or what? I'm staying with him because right. he has this he has this presence where he can beat you as, as he develops because of his handles. He can, he can take that perimeter shot, but he can also put the ball on the court. He can put it on the hardwood, and he can beat you with a quick step, and then he can pull up mid-range. So he his, his shot is so sweet, Bob. He's not a Clay Thompson. He's not a Steph Curry, but he just has good rotation. So when I'm looking at hoop, Bob, because of my J, my jump, of course, I look at the rotation <laughs> of a shot, and his rotation is it is, I, and I saw that. He had that one and one where he got, I think, his own rebound, and he knocked down a baseline 12-footer and got fouled and, and kind of did a little flex afterwards. So we saw a little bit of his personality, and he is a tenacious rebounder. We saw him do that for sure, and I'm with you on the defensive side. I think, as, as Seth Greenberg said, he has great defensive range, meaning, as you just eloquently said, he can step out to the three-point line and block shots, which we saw him do. So just for the record, just so we have this right before we go to the break, Bruce has him scoring 30 points a game, being on the all-defensive team and potentially the defensive player of the year. And becoming president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I still want to keep getting you on with your analysis of all this as his season unfolds, Bruce. Thank you. All right. There goes Thank Bruce. Yeah, thanks. All right. And, and let it be known for the record, that was not a media person hyping him up. The media is going to take all the blame for hyping up uh, Victor Wembayama, and to some degree it's true. I mean, ESPN was all over it all weekend. They should take some of the blame for all the hype. But the fans out there, the Bruces out there that we, gosh, we love, are hyping him as well. 30 points a game, all defensive team, defensive player of the year. I assume he's got him as rookie of the year too. Um, He's got a lot to live up to in Bruce's world, I'll tell you that. Uh, break time. One more break. We'll finish it up, tell you what we've got coming up on the Sports Auto. Thanks for locking us in. Monday afternoon, 1061 ESPN. It's the greatest show of the summer. The 93rd Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Live from T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Get the All-Star Call live beginning tomorrow night at 7 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Traffic reports 